Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So many of my clients come to therapy looking for some type of closure. From breakups to being fired to getting over childhood trauma, it's a common human condition to look for endings or bad events to be explained and wrapped up somehow so we can move on. But can you ever really do that? And if you could, would it actually help in the way you're hoping? Well, today I'm teaching you what closure really is, the three reasons why what you're doing hasn't worked in the past, and as always, my three-step process for finding closure for real. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone has had a beautiful holiday season, New Year's, all the things since we are, um, this should be coming to you like mid-January. So, and for all my Australian peeps, I got to tell you, Australia, you're kind of killing it. I've been doing really well down under in the ratings. And I <laughs> I just feel the love. I get a lot of emails from uh, people in Australia, all over Australia. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you're my people. I need to get back down there. Um, I was there years ago in Perth, um, mostly for a friend's wedding. If you're listening, Bridget, nice to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, welcome back. And again, thank you for everyone who's listening from all around the world. I Every time I look at the numbers, I'm sort of blown away and it'll, it'll get me weepy. So we don't want me to start crying about it. Uh, I really just, yeah, really glad you're here with me right now. And uh, I know, yeah, the Australians are on summer vacation right now, I think. I think you're on your summer vacation with school because I think school starts end of January and goes through December. I think it's on a calendar year, as I recall, but I'm sure you'll write in and tell me if I'm wrong. Anyway, and UK, Ireland, wherever, United States, thank you for being here. And thank you for uh, writing reviews. If you haven't written a review yet, please do that. I read them all and they bring me such joy. Joy. Who doesn't want to give Abby joy? Truly. And it helps people find the podcast. It helps me in ways that are really immeasurable. And so I, you know, it would just mean a lot to me. So if you could do that, that'd be great. And I do want to share that um, I got COVID again. 
Uh, I know I'm a, co- uh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to go too into that, but I've been dealing with some long COVID stuff and I, I, um, and it, I'm, I'm fine by the way. So don't panic. Don't send me well wishes. I'm good. I'm good. I'm solid. However, I've needed to take some things off my plate. I've really needed to look at my life and really recover and rest. So it means that, and that was part of the reason why I had sort of put off publishing my new book yet. It's coming. I promise. I just really needed some time and I'm going to need to put off for a little bit, um, postpone starting the, the, love made easy membership which is making me sad but i want to be there a thousand percent and i can't be right now so as i teach mental health right i should be doing that myself and i am i'm taking care of my you know more about my physical and giving myself more downtime and rest um do not worry the podcast will not stop uh it to me this was a bigger priority that, you know, I had to pick and choose, right? That's what we have to do in life. When things come in, we need to pick and choose. And uh, I chose not to start new things right now and to put them off a little bit. So that's what's happening. I'm just giving you the heads up. Thank you for the interest people have shown. I'm very excited. You know, when the time comes, we will do it and we will do it well, and we will have so much fun together. But right now we have to have fun this way. So there you go. Um, So I just want to put that all out there before we jump in. So let's talk about closure. How excited are you that we're finally talking about closure? This comes up so much. And I started writing down a while ago when I started writing this, um, things my clients were saying. That's what happens a lot, as I've told you. You either write in and tell me, you know, things that you're struggling with, and then I think, oh, that's a good topic for the podcast if a bunch of you have written in about it. And or I'm working with clients and the same kind of themes come up over and over. So, um, and that's, I think, I think good news with me is that I still work with clients. You know, one day I won't, and I think I'll still have great things to say. But uh, all these years of working with clients and doing it currently, I think it just really helps me be real about what I'm teaching, you know, what I talk about. And it keeps me on top of things, you know, the the research and what's the latest and what do I think. And I will say there's something to be said for almost 40 years of experience. You know, I bring a lot to the table in that I've seen so much over time and you really get good at getting you know, I should be good at this point, right? Come on. Uh, but you get really good at seeing things very clearly a little quicker. Um, and so the closure thing, oy, has this been a thing? Okay. So here, I literally wrote these down. Here are some of the things that my clients have said in like the last, just the last two months. Uh, if they, the person would just tell me why they're not talking to me anymore. That, and I hear that in a variety of ways. They want to know why. So if you got ghosted or just if this, you know, or a friend just stopped talking to you, whatever, or you, you know, the person didn't call you back for the third date and you had two fabulous dates, you know, you just want to know, I want to know why they're not talking to me anymore. Uh, that came up quite a bit. I need to know the real reason our relationship ended. I've heard that in various ways quite a bit. Um, yeah. Why did she ghost me after three amazing dates? That's the same thing I sort of just said, like wanting to know. And here's a one that comes up a lot. Now that we're not together, now that we're broken up, I need to tell him all the things I was holding back. That'll make me happy. I've got to, I've got to put it out there. Finally, I've been storing all this stuff up and I need to say it. That's how I'll have closure. If you're grinning right now or feeling a little embarrassed, you know, this is you. If the, Another common one, if they would just, if they, I'm using they, so I don't use names, obviously. If X, if John would just tell me they're sorry, if I could just get an apology, again, common, I'll never find peace if I don't get over my childhood trauma hurt thing that happened. And I will later, um, I want to be really clear that getting over a breakup or someone ghosting you or getting fired without any notice or any of those things is not comparable to me to uh being raped by your dad when you were five you know it's not the same and so i'm i want to be really clear up front that i'm not trying to trying to draw some broad brush strokes over and putting it all into one little thing and I want to say, if you're listening because you want closure over a past hurt like that, you know, that's in that realm, uh, you know, you were raped or you were like something, you know, pretty terrible. I do want to say that much of what I'm saying does apply. Okay. It's just, 
and at the very end, when I talk about the steps, I'm going to separate something out that I, something I don't think you need to work on and something I think would be better. So uh, I do want to say that. And I, I just, I don't want to dismiss or minimize anyone's pain. That is not what I'm trying to do today. And what I found over the years is that people can tend to maximize pain in ways that aren't helpful. So, and where do you find that balance, right? So we're going to talk about that. All right. Uh, so what happens is, you know, you end up thinking that closure is the only way you'll be able to move on and be happy. That's really what it all boils down to, no matter what the thing is that you're having pain about. And, and you're right. Some type of closure is needed, but you're wrong to think that closure includes anything from anyone else. And that is, I know right now you're like, I don't want to listen anymore, Abby. <laughs> I just need them to apologize and I'll be better. Uh-uh, I'm telling you again, almost 40 years of doing this. I've heard the apologies over and over and somehow not enough. People get the reason why you broke up, not enough. And I'm going to explain why today and what to do instead. Okay. So let's get you to happy. Let's get you to, I don't know, happy, but at least peaceful or satisfied or on the other side. So first I want to talk about what is, so what is closure? What, what is this thing? And there was a, in the nineties, a social psychologist, and I might say his name wrong, so I apologize. Uh, Ari Gruglansky, sounds like one of my people, I'm Polish, so it might be one of my people. Ari Gruglansky, and he's a distinguished professor at the University of Maryland. He was the first one to coin that phrase. Okay, so that was in the in the early 90s. And he referred, he said that a need for closure, here's how he described it, and I'm, I'm kind of quoting. It's a framework for decision-making that aims to find an answer on a given topic that will alleviate your confusion or your ambiguity about that topic, okay? So in other words, let's say it in plain English, Abby, but you know I like to give you everything. You're, you're trying to resolve painful feelings that some emotional trauma or loss has created. And that's what you're trying to do, right? That's what closure is about. And we do that by trying to make sense out of a situation. That's what we're trying to do. And we want to make sense out of that situation because we think we'll feel better. And we think it'll safeguard us from ever being in this situation again, from being hurt again. If I can just figure out why this person broke up with me, then I'll, I won't have this problem come up in my relationship again. I'll be able to fix it or fix the thing. And again, and I'll be able to avoid pain. That's really mostly what you're trying to do. You're trying to avoid future pain and get out of the pain you're currently in. And again, Kruglansky, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I apologize there for anybody who knows him. Um, you can have him email me and tell me the right way or send me a voicemail. So he created a need for closure scale in 1994. And I'm going to tell you why this is so key. The scale, so it rates closure on a continuum. So there's, you know, a high need for closure is on one end. And then at the other end on this continuum are people who, you know, really avoid closure at all costs. You're not listening right now if you are that person, <laughs> but believe it or not, there's lots of people who avoid closure at all costs. And Here's the deal, and here's why this is going to change your whole idea about closure. I know it changed mine. Um, I, I always learn so much for the podcast, so thank you so much. You know, uh, I, I feel like I'm always getting better at what I'm doing because I'm always researching more and more to find out more and more to answer your questions well. And uh, it's really cool. I'm really lucky. Anyway, sorry, I digress. So believe it or not, this your need for closure is only slightly affected by your circumstances. So in other words, it's not about the severity of what happened. It's about your own personality and way of viewing the world. I know. And again, I want to give little caveats if someone's looking for closure from a, a serious childhood or, or some other kind of trauma like that. I, I just, that that's more to do with circumstance. Okay. That's going to be leaning more, but the vast majority of people listening, it's you're seeing that you need closure everywhere, right? It's not just, even if you've had a traumatic event, you're seeing that you need it everywhere. And this is why it's really interesting. So it's again, it's not really about the severity of what happened. It's about your own personality and way, 
that you particularly view the world. So again, one person might get cheated on and just move on. This happens. And they might think that they've dodged a bullet and are thankful just to get away and find someone who they can trust. Well, you know, another person wants to dig down and find out all the reasons why their partner cheated. They want to know all, you know, what exactly they did when they cheated. They want to discuss it with their partner nonstop. Even after they break up, they talk about it. They want to know more. They're stalking this person on Instagram, you know, the person they cheated with on Instagram. I mean, it is like huge. And it says a lot about, and it's so interesting because I think this is really, really true just in my own case and definitely with clients I've worked with. I used to have a very high need for closure, <laughs> very high. I did all the things I'm describing. I did, uh, back in the day, we didn't have social media back in the day, but I stalked in my way and I was crazy and talking about it all the time and doing and understanding. I need to know more. And I want to know more reasons. I want to talk it out. You know, I'm a talker in case you haven't noticed. I'm a little bit of a talker and all these years of therapy and working on myself and all the work I've done, I'm not anymore. I don't need closure in the way I used to. So I have really shifted on that scale because of working on my personality traits, so to speak, or working on my disposition, working on my self-awareness, my way of knowing myself. And I can say that's true for so many of my clients. I've had so many clients come in, we're just crazy about certain topics like this. And over time, and I usually point it out to them, maybe they'll have a new breakup, you know, a year into therapy and I'll say, hey, you're, you're doing really well with this member last year, how it was like this when you broke up with that other person and now you're like this. And it's so great to, by the way, to have that relativity, you can really see that you've improved. But, but this is the secret to understanding and actually getting closure. It's about working on yourself, not the other person. It's about focusing on your own healing and growth, as opposed to obsessing about something the other person should or shouldn't do. And that brings me to the three reasons why closure doesn't work when you focus on the other person. And again, I'm going to give you my three steps for what to do. Like I do, you know, I love you and I'm always going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to hold that back, but you got to hear this part. This part's really important. So the three reasons why closure doesn't work when you focus on the other person. Number one, it's about you, not them. So Again, research people, you know, I give you the research, what the research has shown, and I'll link to all this in the show notes, you know, I do, you can go over there and look, you can go to the corresponding blog post under relationship tips and tools on the website, and you can see all the links yourself. You can see that I'm not making up research, it's real. So what the research has shown is that people who score high on the need for closure scale, when they score on the high end, they have a more kind of obsessive personality type, a much higher, you know, anxiety. And that's certainly what I have found with clients I've worked with. They have a higher need for predictability and structure. There's often some rigidity there in how they see the world, you know, very black and white, sometimes some very black and white thinking. And it just just a deep dislike of any kind of uncertainty in the world or any ambiguity. Now you might be listening going, well, that's everybody, Abby. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like, I don't have any of those things anymore. I, not like that anyway. You know, I like when things are a little more clear and I, I like whatever, but I also love when I don't know what's going to happen and I'm not sure and let's see. And, you know, there's a real um, different kind of way I can view the world again now, you know, many years of doing this. Working on myself, but and again for my clients too. You know, I'm never just talking about myself. I'm also talking about my clients, and I always, you know, do what works for my clients. I try it on myself, and it generally works. So think of that. It's really about those traits that put you on the high need for closure. So if you want to get better at at not needing closure so much, you need to work on those traits, not getting the other person to say something, but to work on those traits. And so. And this is what happens because when you, when you focus on getting what you need from someone else, it rarely, if ever works because you're still you. I, again, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with over the years who, even when they were given reasons for a breakup or for getting fired or whatever the thing is, they still obsessed about it and they wanted more and more answers. It was never enough. And this is why <laughs> you need to work on your own issues and stop focusing on someone else telling you something that's going to make it all better because it doesn't work. They'll say the thing. They'll give you the reason. I, I, How many times? How many times? Been in this conversation. Well, he told me, but I don't believe him. 
He said it's because of this, but I don't think it is. What else is you're laughing right now because it's you. I know. You should be if you're if you're listening, you know, you might be giggling some going, holy crap, is Abby in my house? No, this is the thing I'm talking about. This is why you know what I'm saying is true. You doesn't matter when you hear the reason. You think they're lying, you think they're not telling the truth, you think it's not enough, there must be something else, it's gotta be more. Uh, oh my gosh, it, it just goes on and on. And again, because it's not about them getting this correct, perfect answer. I've had people who were apologized to, I mean, apologized to, and they still bring up the thing. I am thinking of a couple right now. I worked with a few years ago. He, he cheated and he really, I mean, they did the work. He came in, he was working. He really felt terrible about it. He apologized multiple times, by the way, but in very, very sincere ways, she was still mad about it. She was still furious. She, it would still come up in these rageful outbursts, you know, cause it doesn't, you, that's not what it takes. Okay. But I'll, I'll talk more about that. Reason number two is that closure doesn't actually help and can even make it worse. How do you like that? <laughs> Again, closure the way we've been thinking about closure. I'm going to give you, I'm giving you this new way to think about closure, but closure the way you've been thinking about it with those examples I gave in the beginning of, oh, I just need to hear I'm sorry, or if they would just tell me why they ghosted me, right? That, that's what I'm talking about. According to the research, it's unlikely that attempts at closure, even if the other person says yes to a request, like for example, this couple I just talked about, he he did, he said, yes, I'm so sorry, this is terrible, here's what happened. I don't know how it, you know, here's, even gave her reasons, here's how it got here, here's what happened. It's It's very unlikely that you'll have any kind of positive outcome from that. Meaning that you'll feel more at peace, you'll feel better, you'll move on quickly, no. In fact, it's likely, here's, get this, that trying to achieve closure will actually worsen the conflict, create new problems, inflame your insecurities, create more anger and resentment. And it does. And I can tell you right now from all the couples I've worked with, all the people, in, individuals I've worked with, it's the truth. I see it all the time. They get told the reason why, right? So they can have closure. And then they start obsessing about that reason, right? Like if your partner breaks up with you and you ask why, because you want closure, when they tell you why, you'll likely argue and maybe not even, like I said, believe the reasons they're giving you, or you might feel horrible about yourself and what they're telling you and beat yourself up, depending on what they say. Oh, I screwed this all up. What's wrong with me? I'll never find love. I hear it all. It's, you know, I, I just can't seem to keep someone, whatever, or, you know, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. I don't even know. And sometimes, of course, people give us feedback that's really about them, not us. But if you're looking for it, you'll get it and you'll own it and it's bad. So I know, I know, just to let that sink for a minute. Not, and not only that. <laughs> There's other research that shows that having a high need for closure can greatly affect your ability to make the choices you need to make that would actually help you move forward and heal. Get it? I, I need you to hear that. Focusing on closure actually impedes your ability to make the healthy choices and decisions you need to make to to move forward. So all this focus on closure, is it's clouding your rational thinking. It's creating more roadblocks, more obstacles to actually moving on and feeling healed about, you know, the situation or the person or whatever. I know. And again, research, not, oh, Abby made this up in her bathroom yesterday when she was brushing her hair or whatever. This is what we know. And this is what I practice with my clients and what works. I'm just telling you, because we know it. So you can, it's kind of like when I tell people, you know, money doesn't buy happiness and they go, well, yeah, I'd rather be crying in my Lamborghini or whatever that joke is. I, I get it, but it's because they really don't believe it. They think money really would buy me happiness and you don't believe me now. You're thinking, no, if I got a, if I got an apology, I'd feel better. And I'm here to tell you that if you're that focused on needing an apology, if you have a, a low need for closure, if you're on the other end of that spectrum and you got an apology, that would probably be plenty for you and you'd move right on. But you're probably not listening right now because you don't have a problem with closure. So you didn't go, oh, this one looks great. <laughs> okay. For the vast majority of people listening, and I mean you, it's not going to do it. It's going to do what I said before. You're going to feel like um, 
you know, it's not enough or they didn't apologize for the right thing or they just said that they don't mean it. I've heard it all when it comes to this stuff and you'll just drive yourself crazy and make it worse. I know. The third reason, number three, is that needing closure is driven by fear. You know me with the fear versus love, right? I talk about it all the time. This is the bottom line. That's it. Your need for closure is driven by your fear-based brain. You're in pain. You want it to stop. You're you're angry, hurt, uh, uh, resentful, sad, frustrated, and you think that this outside thing will make those feelings go away. That's somewhere in your head, right? You're looking for some satisfactory explanation. You're searching for answers. You want the other person to take ownership. You want them to be accountable. Again, you want an apology or you want appreciation. All of it's driven by fear. Other people can't make you happy or give you peace. That's an inside job. I've done a million episodes on this. Yeah, maybe, again, you can feel better for a moment, but it's like a funnel. You know, you're feeling things in the top, you know, the person, that's why you keep going back for more because it's a funnel and you're filling in, yeah, the apology and they said they're sorry, or they say they understand what they did or whatever, but there's a big hole in the bottom of that funnel and, and your, your confidence, your self-esteem, everything just leaks out the bottom. So you need more and more and more. You keep needing more. You keep investigating more. You, you don't have a good enough answer. You go stalk, you know, again, like on the social media accounts or something else, because you feel like there's more. Yeah. Cause you're a friggin' funnel. So it's time to stop up the bottom of that funnel. It's ridiculous. Right. And understand that this is an inside job. Sure. Yeah. Again, you can maybe feel better for a moment for a, it's momentary, but all the doubt creeps back in. It's just a temporary fix. And you know it, you know what I'm saying is true because you've been there or you're there right now and you're listening going, holy crap, Abby. Oh my God. And again, if you're on a low need for closure, God bless you. And the apology does feel good, you know, and a sincere apology or sincere appreciation or sincere explanation. You're like, okay, got it. All right, moving on. And that's, and that's good, but not for most. And you know you've been in situations where someone said they were sorry, but then you kept bringing up the issue because it was still bothering you. You need to hear it over and over again because you know, you're know you again still hurting, right? Maybe, you know what I've heard? In your mind, they haven't suffered as much as you, you know, right? No, they haven't suffered enough or they, they moved on too quickly after that apology. It wasn't, you know, no, we're not, it's not just all better because you apologize. This is your fear-based brain in control where sorry is never enough, where no explanation is good enough, where nothing is enough. It is not, I'm trying, I want to say this really well. It is you being driven by that amygdala in your brain, by your fear of it happening again, of, you know, um, I want to protect myself. So if I just understand it enough and I can make sense of it, then I'll be better. But that's, it's not, it's other people's behavior. Maybe we'd never really even know that maybe someone is dead who hurt you. What the hell are you supposed to do then? Of course you can still have closure because it's about you, <laughs> not about the person. And, oh, let me say this too. Wanting closure it's fear-based for other reasons too. There's other fear-based emotions too. Maybe you want revenge, some kind of retribution, or you're just angry at them and want to, you know, keep making them pay, or, you know, you're feeling rejected, abandoned, dismissed, and you, and somehow you want them to make you feel better. You, these are all fear-based emotions, right? You're not getting peace when this is your motivation, which is why closure doesn't generally work. You, you can't have a love solution when fear is the driver. Wasn't that beautiful? I just made that up. <laughs> I should write that down. But I mean it. You, I've said this over and over. When you're coming from that fearful place and your amygdala is taken over and all you can do is fight, flight, or freeze, you know, you, you're not rationally thinking that prefrontal cortex, that part of your brain that does that, your neocortex, they're not turned on. So again, it's not mattering. It, it, it's so important that where the motivation comes from is identified by you. Why do you really want this? What is it? And here's the most, let me say it's, oh God, it's come, it's zinging at me from everywhere. Okay. 
in the end, when you're waiting for closure, you're handing over your, your personal power, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your self-efficacy. You're handing all that over to another person and you end up with no power and they have it all. Right? Right? Think about it. Because when you're waiting for someone else, when you're waiting for them to say whatever, you're waiting. And you're all of you, you put all the power of you feeling better in someone else's hands. And you can never ever do that. If you've learned nothing else from the podcast, you gotta know that. Your happiness is fully your responsibility. It's not your partner's job to make you happy. It is not your mommy's. It is not your kids. It is no one's job to make you happy. It is yours. It's an inside job. I say it all the time. It's about you. And millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I will, let me throw this in here. <laughs> so I did do a whole episode called, it's like how to stop overthinking and let things go that bother you, where I talk about cognitive reframing, which is very, very helpful. So I will link to that in the show notes and on the blog post page. And you can also just do a search on the website, how to stop overthinking and let things go that bother you. Any of those terms will get it. And I'm going to highly recommend that you listen to that also, because I'm not going to cover reframing today since I did such a good job of it there. But reframing is basically when you can like see things in a different light. I'm going to say something kind of link to it today. But I'd love for you, if this is a really big issue for you, the closure, I'd love for you to do the steps I'm going to outline in a minute. And then um, really look, listen to that episode. That would be such a great learning for you. They'd really go together. They'd feel good. And you'd feel like you had a lot of tools to deal with this. Okay. So there you go. All right. So let, okay, wait, before I go there, let me say this. Closure is important. All of this is not to say that closure isn't important because it is. You just need to understand that it's about your own internal work, not depending on someone else, right? It is important that you get this. It is important. And I'll say there's a few reasons why I think closure is super duper important. So number one, I've said this before, if it's related to a relationship of any kind, which most of closure is for people, a romantic one, I mean. Um, where you end this relationship, you'll begin the next. So you want to end it well in your own head. Okay. You're, it, it is wherever you end this, you're going to begin the next. So you have to make sure that you have closure. It's true that you understand your place in this. You know, you understand how, you know, you're aware of how you're feeling right now. You don't want to bring this baggage into a new relationship. You don't want to not trust a future person because of this past person or whatever the thing was, right? Um, so that's really so much why you want to work on this. I say this a lot to, I said it today to someone who's um, going through a divorce. I was talking about how important it is for him to work with his soon-to-be ex on their relationship because they have kids. And I'm like, you know, you're going to still have to be with this person quite a bit. You have to co-parent. It's going to be even harder now. You have two separate households. You have less control. It's going to be a thing. And wherever, however you do this is where you're kind of beginning the next chapter of this relationship, Right. Uh, that's true too. So even if you're staying in the relationship, again, and you just want closure on a certain piece, 
it's it's like this next chapter is starting and you need to have it for that. So whether you're going to get into a new relationship or whether it's in the same one, but you need to really truly move on where you end this piece is where your next one begins. So end it really, really well. Another reason that I think closure is a big deal is because you need to know you can trust yourself again when and when you know when you're making future decisions for whatever it is for a job if you were like fired out of nowhere or you had some horrible boss who was abusive and you're thinking oh my god i'm gonna you know i can't trust my own instincts anymore i can't trust yes you can when you do the work do the work i'm gonna give you the work in a minute but do the work when you do the work you can trust yourself again you can you know i hope you always trust yourself you can really have a better idea of what was real about the situation? I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, I can't trust myself again. I thought this person was one way and they're really another. And that's often because we have a fantasy when we go in or we see someone shows us who they are and we don't listen. <laughs> we don't, we just ignore it. They, they show us they were late for the first date, but oh, they were so nice. And then they were late again later. And then they uh, blew us off, but then they called two days later. And then they, and, and you're still with this person. If you don't care about that stuff, great, stay with them. That's wonderful. If you care at all, if you felt rejected or angry or upset, this is not your person. This person has not done the work they need to do to be with you. So if you really sat with that, you'd realize you can trust yourself. All the flags were there. You just need to do work not on uh, trusting yourself, but on taking action when yourself tells you something <laughs> of taking appropriate action. And that you can work on. You know, that that's something to work on, right? So don't get into that whole blanket statements, I can never trust myself again, all that, I, how can I make a future decision, that's, that's bullshit. And another reason is that you wanna take personal responsibility where needed. Again, I don't wanna get into something like blaming the victim if somebody cheated on you, or if, God forbid, you, know, you had an act of violence against you or abuse or anything else. I am, you know me, I'm never, ever, ever going to say, you know, I don't know what you should have done to not have your father sneak into your room at night and have and touch you inappropriately. Give me a break. That is never going to come out of my mouth. So that's where I said where needed. But you do want to take personal responsibility, even in those cases, for where you are now. You're no longer five. You're a grown person, hopefully listening to this. So what are you going to do now to get on the road to healing, to get on the road to being able to trust yourself and other people? That is your responsibility. It happens a lot, you know, for us, you know, I'm a recovering drug addict and I have responsibility. You know, it's a disease. I have a disease and that's real. That's a real thing. I didn't ask for it. I never could have known when I took a first drug what would have happened. I, I, that I'm not, I'm not to blame, but I am responsible now that I know what it is. Now that I know what I have, I am responsible for taking care of myself. You're not to blame if you have diabetes, you know, like or juvenile diabetes at least, <laughs> right, or something that's genetic. You're not to blame, but you do need to take responsibility for. Okay, I got to take care of myself. I can't get too stressed. I, you know, have to, you know, monitor my blood sugar. Blah blah blah. Like you take responsibility. So I, I, I don't want people to just think, well, if something happened to me and I don't have control over it, then that's it. It's of course afterwards and depending on when that thing happened i don't expect god forbid that someone was raped yesterday and they're like oh how do i take personal responsibility today i mean give me a break you know again i don't want sometimes people respond with these outlandish ridiculous you know black and white thinking and you know i don't mean that you know i don't so if you're listening and feeling triggered in any way you need to stop before you hit the keyboard and email me something rude because uh, you know i don't mean it you, you, or go listen to other podcasts and you know. So like, let's all be grownups and take grown-up responsibility here as we talk. But I am calling that stuff out a little bit so that you can do some separation. So it's your job to take personal responsibility wherever you can because you want to feel empowered. Again, put the control back in your corner, not in someone else's. And if it is due to childhood trauma, Closure is going to be part of the process of creating more in your life now that in your life now that's not based on past hurts. And again, I'm going to talk to that in the steps. So let's get to it. Let's get to 
If you're not watching me on YouTube, you didn't see me raise my raise my arms. Let me take a sip. Hold on. Of my little protein drink. Guys, stay hydrated. Okay. Three steps to closure. Let's talk about this. Um, and let me just say this. It's really the first two steps. And number three is up for grabs. Step one, if you want closure, is you got to make a commitment. You have to make a commitment to stop focusing on anyone else when it comes to closure. You have to commit to your own healing and doing the work you need to do to get there. You have to stop blaming. It has to stop today. End of. If you're not willing to do that, you will not get closure. Done. I don't know what else to say. You won't get it even if you get an apology for that person because you're still blaming them and that's why you're still angry and that's why it doesn't work. So no matter how you look at it, you know, no matter how you slice it, it comes up peanuts. You know, like this is the thing. When you find yourself, you have to make this commitment that when you find yourself focusing on the other person or, you know, having old thoughts or blaming them or so angry or so resentful, you must, you must bring your awareness back to yourself in the moment. And I always suggest having a mantra at the ready you know, something that you're going to just right away say, you know, boom. So you don't have to stop and like, what was I supposed to do? What did Abby say? You know, don't, no, no, no. You notice the thought and, and come up with your own mantra. Something like my healing is my responsibility. This isn't about anyone else. And I will absolutely make that happen. I will be better, not bitter. I will absolutely make that happen. I will be better, not bitter. Something like anything in those in that realm will help you. And that really means that you have to get better at your mindfulness. And you know, again, I got the mindfulness starter kit free. You can download it anytime. You, you know, I love when people write in and tell me, oh, I'm setting the the alarm up, the reminder on my phone for three times a day, you know, because that's part of what one of the things I teach about really becoming more mindful. It is not that hard. It is not that hard. So please do the work. Please do the work. It's it takes minutes a day and it's the best minutes you'll ever spend. So stop poo-pooing it, stop ignoring it, stop saying, I am mindful, but you're still caught up in thoughts all the time. Uh-uh. You, you got to do the work a little bit. And it, it takes about, it, well, it takes like a day really of setting the reminders, but um, it, it, it's very quick that you start to really notice the difference. So, but you got to do it. So you have to make that commitment. You have to notice when the thoughts happen and you have to be a tiger about it. You have to be like all friggin' over it, okay? Do your little mantra, get out. That is step one. That's half your battle right there is doing that. Taking ownership, not blaming the other person, getting out of that kind of victim stance. Yes, people are victimized. It doesn't mean you have to be a victim, right? Those things are different. So really try to really figure that out for yourself. And then step two, and again, you might only do these two, and I'll I'll tell you step three, but you might only do these two, is to focus on broadening your resources. And let me, so let me tell you what I mean by this. I was a guest recently on another podcast. You know, I I guest on other podcasts and and he was wonderful. And this person interviewed me, uh, but we had definitely had some different ideas, I think, about, um, neither one is right or wrong. You know, it's not that it's just different. Right. Uh, so when he was interviewing me, he said something about how important it is. He was talking about uncovering, you know, our old limiting beliefs and our old issues so we can heal them, you know, digging them out of the trenches. And that was kind of his thing. You have to dissect them so you can heal. Right. And, he was saying that you need to do that because as you learn new healthy tools or tips, like things I'm teaching on the podcast right now, uh, they often don't work because, because people hadn't fully like understood or cleared their old hurts. Okay. So because that stuff was there, you couldn't get the new stuff. And what he said, it was so interesting. He said, you can't fill an already full cup, right? If your cup is already full with all this stuff, his idea was it's full with all this trauma or whatever your thing is, right? Whatever your hurts are. And you have to get all that out of the cup so you can fill it with all the new great stuff. And I get what he means, but that ain't how I work. Um, <laughs> you know, my what I said to him in my loving disagreement, I said, well, it's not about emptying the cup. It's about making a bigger cup. 
Because when you, when all you focus on is your hurt, you don't end up creating change. It's because you feel, remember the way you think. So if all I'm focusing on is how bad, you know, if I'm talking, if let's say cheating, okay, that seems to be one people like closure about or a breakup, let's say a bad breakup. If all I'm focusing on is my ex and I'm talking about my ex all the time with my friends and I'm talking in therapy about my ex and I'm going about my ex and then all my therapist is doing is talking about, you know, well, this is because your childhood and you're putting up with bullshit because how your dad treated you and, you know, you've had this, this theme and you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this since I was five. And then you're like, oh my gosh. Um, and then my first boyfriend, I did that. My second boyfriend and oh, and here it is again. What's wrong? You, can you see the problem here? <laughs> It's a little bit of a problem. Now, I go back and get a history from my clients, and I absolutely, anyone who's listening is a client of mine knows, I talk about childhood all the time. I, I talk about past all the time because you have to. You know, you do want to kind of look overall at your past and see how you have repeated or have patterns, things like that, right? We want to break them. Or sometimes I'll have someone talking in the present just like face palming, like, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep doing this? And I'll just gently say, well, you know, you were trained that way as a kid, remember? And they're like, oh, but then I don't stay there. I don't sit and talk about that more and let's uncover that more. Let's talk more about that. I don't, you know, I always focus on making the cup bigger because again, we feel the way we think. So if I'm thinking all these bad thoughts, I'm going to feel crappy, right? If so I'm thinking about a hurtful person or situation over and over again, and I start feeling angry and resentful and sad and hopeless and overwhelmed. No problem solving or forward momentum is happening from there. You Again, amygdala turned off. Problem solving part of the brain, your prefrontal cortex turned off. Amygdala turned on, sorry. And your prefrontal cortex turned off. You know, scared part of your brain, bright and alive, while the thinking, loving, compassionate part of your brain, rational part of your brain is turned off. So of course you can't think of good solutions from that place. So to me, right, instead... We want to first think about all the ways we can make our cup bigger so that the hurt becomes just a small part of all the things in that bigger cup. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't, you know, no fairy comes and takes away something bad that's happened to you. But as your cup gets bigger and that thing gets smaller, you start to gain clarity. As your cup gets bigger, you're having some wins under your belt. You're going on great first dates or you're making new friends or you got a better job, you right? We start to feel stronger and happier. Now, so from there, when I look at finding closure and resolving an old hurt, I have a much different and frankly, more realistic perspective or viewpoint about that thing. I don't know. I know. I have couples that come in all the time who want to, you know, oh, this my my partner cheated on me. We got to talk about that. I can't get over anything until we talk about it. And I'm like, no, that is not. That's why most people, I think, go to couples therapy and leave more upset than when they came in. I can't tell you how many couples I've talked to who go to couples therapy, they leave and they're having big fights after couples therapy or they're, it's worse it, or they have to go over and over it for years and years and years. You're going to, you shouldn't be going to therapy for years and years and years, right? For this, it's, that doesn't make sense unless you're just trying to get better all the, you know, unless it's great and you're just always looking to keep it great and get even better then maybe. But other than that, no, you're not solving the problems, obviously. So but when you focus first, right, on connection, on clarity, on calmness, on love, on compassion, when those things get better and bigger, when the cup is bigger with those things, then when you do find, you know, come to the place where of course you then talk about the thing, like, let's talk about that. How did that happen? What, what went on? It's such a different way. You have these connections now. I have these ways that we're getting along. I have a way that maybe even now when I say, I'm sorry, I really mean it differently. Because, and I've had this, I've had someone say they're sorry about an infidelity in session. And I could tell she didn't really think it. And when we, like, I could just tell she didn't. And that's why I think he wasn't believing it because she, she meant it, but didn't mean it. And because she often come up with a but. Yeah, but you know, you wouldn't even talk to me then. You were so mean to me. You were gone all the time. You were this, you were that. There was still this you language. And so that's not a real apology. If you're saying, 
really I did it because of things you were doing. And so that set up a circumstance where I, you know, went to cheat who wouldn't kind of thing. So that's not a real apology because that's saying you're to blame for what I did. I don't care how little you do that, how much, whatever, that's what that is. So that doesn't work. But when I've worked with a couple and I did it with this couple, I'm talking about thinking about in my mind and we really worked on their connection and her, she started to really understand her husband differently. She started to really get who he was as a person and he frankly started to understand her. He started to forgive her before she even said she was sorry about her situation, who she was as a person, what got brought to bear with what happened. It doesn't make it okay what happened. It doesn't say, oh, that's fine. No big deal It at all. It means that people are in a full, wholly different place. And I have to tell you when she, and I remember it so well, when she said she was sorry to him, oh my God, I'm almost going to cry. When she said she was sorry to him from that place where they had done some work first and we'd been, we'd been working together a couple months by then. I got, I've got goosebumps talking about it and I want to cry on camera. So, um, it was so beautiful. Like she was so sorry, like so deeply sorry. And so much like she couldn't believe how she hurt him and she couldn't believe how she hurt herself in the relationship. It was beautiful, beautiful enough that I'm still having goosebumps about it. That's different. That's when that cup is bigger. And now we can look at things from a different perspective. Now it's not all I see when I look in my fucking cup. It's not the, the whole thing isn't brimming over with this pain and hurt. So folk, make your cup bigger. So how do you make your cup bigger? <laughs> well, I know you're asking that. I know. I heard you. I heard you. You think I can't, but I can hear you. You do it, well, basically how you make your cup bigger, it's just up to you. <laughs> but it's basically, again, making the other parts of your life happier, more connected, more full, okay? That's what you're doing. So again, this part can not be all, if, 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 if you've divided your day into what you think about and 90% is this hurt, then what you're doing is you're thinking about other things more so that 10% is this hurt, right? So do you, like that's what you're doing if you're doing it from that visual standpoint. Obviously getting into therapy to look at your life and overall seeing what patterns you might have and learn how to stop repeating those patterns. Again, just don't spend the whole time bitching and moaning about this person or the situation or this past. Again, talk about it, but then use the therapy not just to heal that, Use it to heal just you in life. Use it to heal this part where you have this high need for closure. Use it to heal that. Use it to heal your anxiety, that kind of obsessiveness you have. Use it to clear, to heal your rigidity. You, do you see where I'm going here? Because when those things are solved, the whole, your whole life will get better. Not just this relationship or this past hurt or whatever. Your whole friggin' life will feel so much better. So that's one way. Uh, another thing you can do, and you can do all these, by the way, or one of them, or start wherever you start. But um, another really great one is to deepen your friendships. Spend more quality time with friends and, and talk about your hopes and dreams, not closure with that other fucking person. <laughs> don't, and tell them, don't let me talk about this other person. I really want to spend our time together um, talking about what I want in life, what I, what I deserve, where I'm going. Um, I want to talk about work. I want to talk about my, I don't know, whatever. I want to talk about other things and I want you to help me because I'm going to, you know, relapse sometimes. I'm going to start blaming this other person or I'm going to get down on myself or I'm going to get hopeless. And I want you to help me to meet me there, not to dismiss it, but to be there with me and let me know that you're here for me, that I'm not alone, that we can do this together, that I can, I can get pulled out of this hole with you. You know, that's beautiful. Uh, Another thing you can do to make your cup bigger is get deep on practicing mindfulness so that you can notice when you start thinking about this other person or situation or whatever that is that's negative and, and killing you. And you bring yourself back to the present where you have the power to make your life what you want, right? Again, download the free mindfulness starter kit. I have a free meditation starter kit. No way to get they're better than meditation. And I have a meditation course even if you want to do that and want to learn how to meditate for 15 minutes in 15 days. It's very inexpensive. Go do that for 15 days. You'll learn, like, do that for the next 15 days if you want closure. Just throw yourself into learning to meditate. Do that. Uh, 15 minutes a day. It doesn't even start at 15 minutes a day. It starts at two minutes a day. I think you have it. Um, 
make a commitment to move your body every day. Just like, you know what? I'm going to start focusing on my body. Now, do not do a thing where I'm going to get thin and have revenge body and or any of that bullshit because you're still thinking about the person. I don't want anything to be in reaction to this other person. That's not what this is about or the situation. But just to feel good in your body and clear your head, just, you know, move every day, go for a walk, park your car farther away, whatever. I don't care what the commitment is. Just do it and stick to it. Start small. Don't join a boot camp or all the craziness and start dieting like a crazy person. I am not talking about that. I'm talking about easy, loving, beautiful things to make your cup bigger, right? That's what we're trying to do. Uh, Take up a hobby, learn another language, learn a new sport, you know, take a class in something that you've never thought of learning before. Uh, Read inspirational books. I spend 10 minutes a day reading inspirational books. That's why every day, 10 minutes, and I just read a book that it's not always inspirational. I shouldn't always say that. I'm learning something new. You know, right now I'm reading a book on fun because I want to do a podcast in the future on fun. And one of my clients suggested this great book. So I've been reading this book 10 minutes a day. I I read and eventually I get through the book. So you know, do that every day, whatever, just start to fill your life and, and make that cup friggin' huge. Start a spiritual practice daily. You all know I meditate and I pray and I do mindfulness during the day. Again, whatever works for you, but think about it. Maybe start learning Buddhism. Maybe go to temple, maybe, um, go to church every, start going to mass. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, just start something new. Try it out. Make the cup bigger. See if it works. If it doesn't, you can move on to something else. If it's not something that fills you, you don't have to keep doing it. You don't have to make a lifelong commitment to it. It's just right now. Okay. And then step three, if you want to do step three, you don't have to. Those other two will get you to the closure train. Okay. They really, really will. Because again, you're going after those personality traits you have that need to shift and change. You're making that cup bigger. So this becomes smaller and less consequential. You are really working on yourself. You're looking to heal. You know, the focus is on healing, not closure. Then you're in the right, you're in the right place. Step three is you could, I'm going to, it's two things. So you, you could write a new story and or work on forgiveness. So let me just say this. So if the thing or person you want closure with is related to like a breakup, a loss of a job, something like that, I would encourage you to what we call write a new story. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. However, if you want closure related to, again, trauma, as I mentioned earlier, like, you know, physical abuse, violence, rape, something similar to that, writing a new story would be at kind of the end of that journey. I wouldn't encourage you to like write this write this new story now. I, I just wouldn't. I would encourage other work first and being with a therapist first, doing that other stuff first before you went here. Um, I would encourage you to, you know, take the steps to work on forgiveness. And, and don't worry, you know, people don't get this. The true, again, the research-based work on forgiveness, you start with anger you start with that anger and you deal with that. It's a whole thing. It's a whole way it's done. Um, I did some wonderful, I will link to them in the show notes. Uh, I did wonderful podcasts on forgiveness. I had, uh, um, I'm forgetting the expert I had on because it was a while ago. Uh, He was amazing though. He, Time Magazine called him like the forgiveness trailblazer. He was amazing. Robert, oh my God. I've read his book, Forgiveness is a Choice and I'm just blanking on his name, sorry. So, but there's really good books on forgiveness. There's like Fred Luskin's very famous in this, um, or he's giving thanks, sorry. Is it Luskin? See, this is what happens when I don't write my notes right before. Anyway, I have episodes, I will link to them, or you can just go to the website and put in forgiveness and it'll pop up and you can listen to any or all of them, okay? So, but I would, but but if you're choosing to like, quote unquote, write a new story, I'd start with writing a letter that you do not plan to plan to send to the other person, okay? And let me just tell you, this is really important. Don't do it the way you think. There's a special way to do it that works. There's ways that don't work and there's a way to do that that works. So, and I would say always write the letter like you're not going to send it, even if maybe you do one day. I don't know, but you want to have the freedom to write it like does they're not going to get it. So you're just bleh, really doing it. But the letter again has to be done in a specific way because research has shown that when you just write a letter where you're trying to, you know, search for meaning, you know, you're writing some letter, I just want to understand, you you want an explanation or answers, it's not helpful and it actually can make you feel worse. Okay. Yeah. However, because you've tried that before, that's why that hasn't worked. Research has shown 
that writing a letter to the other person through what's called a redemptive lens is can be very, very beneficial. And so you want to write a letter that focuses on the positives and doesn't blame the other person. That's what that letter is. I know, uh, you know, the positives, what have you learned from the situation or the person or the, or the relationship? What have you gained by the experience? What ways have you grown? What can you do now that you couldn't do before? What way could you reframe or rewrite the story where it's not about you or the other person being wrong, bad, or stupid, but where this is, again, a positively framed learning experience or has brought you to a different understanding of yourself? Do you see where we're going here? I know. Yeah. See how beautiful? And again, what I talked about earlier, you know, about cognitive reframing would really go in here um, and would be a great thing to practice. That's why I'd love for you to listen to that episode too and kind of really reinforce this. If this is a big deal for you, give yourself this homework because it works, right? When people come to me in practice, this is the stuff I give them, <laughs> you know, a little more direct. And we obviously have one-on-one -on -one and all that, but I often will send them to go listen to an episode, a specific episode, but do the homework. And then I check in with them. Did you do it? It works. That's why I have it out there. It works. And I get, God, thousands of letters from people saying it works. So I promise it can be you too. Uh, now, if you want to go straight to that forgiveness route, again, I've done multiple episodes on this. You can check those out. I have a uh, forgiveness masterclass even you can buy. If you feel like spending money, you can buy that on the website. You know, there's lots of options for forgiveness. And I, I this, this episode is not on forgiveness, so I'm not going to go deep on that. But those would also be really great um, episodes to listen to or get the forgiveness masterclass or whatever you want to do to broaden and deepen your knowledge and understanding of that if you truly want closure. Okay. <sighs> well, that's it. That is everything I have to say about, at least right now, about closure. Hopefully this was, you know, just always my intention is to be super helpful, to help you get from point A to point B, to really understand yourself better and do the work you got to do to be happy. I want you to be happy. You deserve it. You so deserve to be happy, to feel loved, to love yourself, to allow others to love you who deserve you. You're there. You know, it's time, right? It's really time. We're especially listening to this in newly 2023, or maybe you're listening to it in 2025 when it, you know, years later, hopefully it's still around. Uh, but it's really important that you make this commitment to yourself every day that you deserve love. You are deserving of love because you really, really are. I love you. I love you. I'm here. I want to help. And we can do this together, you know? Do, do the work, do what I do, what I'm laying out there over and over, do the work and you really will heal and get better. That is it. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I love it. You know, this is a favorite part, my favorite part of the week. I am sending you so much love and hugs and all the good things. I have absolute, I really do have absolute faith in you. I want you to have it too. All right. Have a great week and we'll talk real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.